0: 104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
1: Touchdown, Kansas City!
0: Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
2: Well, here we are on a... Beautiful Sunday, a fall-like Sunday in the Ozarks as we get set for the home oh well not the home opener, but the first game of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs, the first regular season game, and it is Excitement in the air as they begin the season. I'm joined
1: by Ned Bernals Ned, how are you? Cool breeze in the air, too. It came whipping in about one or two this morning. That was pretty pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, doing great, as you mentioned. Beautiful day. And what more could you want? Opening to the National Football League season for almost all the other teams. And the Chiefs playing out in Arizona where it's probably about 125 <laughs> degrees right That's now. It's a dry heat though, man. That's a dry heat, yeah. <laughs> dry heat might behind. It is a. it is hot. <laughs> and pennant baseball going on, so a lot to talk about. Albert Pujols within four now of the seven hundred right. mark and now tied with A-rod. It's hey, things are things are perking right along.
2: John Oliver with us today. How are you, John? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Good. And Josh Roberts with us. Hi. <laughs> it's good to be here. It, this uh-huh. is an exciting time. There's so many good sports going on right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So let's start out our game today. Game one in the trek towards the big game, towards the Super Bowl. They take on a tough opponent, but a banged-up opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. Neb, what's your what's your take on today's game? I think game? it'll
1: be a high-scoring game, and I think the Chiefs will do more of the scoring. They have a bunch better offensive scheme of things number one that's not to denigrate kyler murray who is a very good quarterback and has a fair level of receivers defenses i think will make the difference i think the chiefs defense is a little bit more intact as such and their offensive line the offensive line's going to get a test today, but it's not the most severe of all tests. That's why I think the Chiefs have a big day scoring. A lot of points on the board, but the Chiefs will come out on top. J.J. Watt going to play today, have you heard? J.J. Watt, I think, is going to try. You're going to give it a shot.
2: Okay, I know he was on COVID protocol for the last couple of weeks, having some tough times getting over that. But Arizona's pretty banged up. I would, uh, I would say that what the line is last I heard was, what, five and a half?
1: I think it's now up to six.
2: Yeah, I would call this game a push if Arizona was at full strength Mm -hmm. because they're a very good football team, but Mm -hmm. not having some tough time going to the preseason. Uh I
1: have to see how things morph in terms of uh, schemes of things and what the uh, Cardinals are able to do. Cardinals have plenty of talent especially offensive talent, and how they're able to manifest at that uh, the, against a Chiefs defense, which I'm of the opinion, and I think this will have to be proven as the season goes on, may not have the defensive leader in the backfield that they should have. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have Honey Badger back there, and that, that, that's, in my opinion, a psychological loss more than anything else. But we'll see. We'll see how things work out. I think the Chiefs win.
2: You got Justin Reed, though, John. Do you think he's a difference maker? Do you think he's the guy that's will step up and be the honey badger, the leader in that secondary? He's got to.
3: I mean, I've heard good reviews, and you know, from people in the off season that said, you know, he definitely was a leader, and I mean, he has the talent to do so. It's just putting it into action at this point. This is a really good Cardinals team, as Ned said. They are banged up, but offensively, they can play with anybody in the league. Murray's a former MVP caliber quarterback. You have Marquise Brown, who, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. And then you've still got, you know, you've got a familiar face back at running back in Daryl Williams, who's a former chief. So, I mean, they're loaded as far as offense goes. I think defense is going to be the decider in this. Josh,
2: what's your thoughts about today's game?
4: I think it's interesting. You know, the the Cardinals were pretty decent last year, if I remember right. But mm-hmm. They're an often forgotten team because of where they are and the coverage that we see versus, you know, the part of the country they're in. They are a good team, and this will be a good game. It's a good test for the Chiefs right off the bat. I think uh, if the Chiefs just open up that offense and do what they're capable of doing, then it's going to come down to... Whether the Chiefs' defense can take care of business
1: or not, I think they would, uh, emphasize what you talked about. It's an old coaching philosophy. It's espoused by many. Not how you start a season; it's how you ended it. And last year, the Cardinals ended it in terrible. They right. remember they got off to a great start. They were six and zero, maybe seven and zero, and then went right downhill with the yes. injuries. Yep.
2: Good team that the Chiefs are putting out on the field. I mean, an extremely good football team. And the other key point, the difference between them and the Cardinals right now is they come into this game almost completely healthy.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: They preserved their players extremely well during the preseason, kept everybody fresh. And what did you think about the
1: roster moves? I was a little surprised. And yet when you take a look at things, I guess maybe it's not a surprise. But to keep Ron Jones on there, what's he going to offer? He is a fifth running back in a 5 Tier scheme on the team. All right, why'd you keep him? Well, it tells me that the Chiefs may be morphing their offensive attack a little bit. in past years, they've been accustomed to going long. You've got Tigre Hill downfield. Uh, send him down there. He can turn at the right uh, fly, fire hydrant and go across field <laughs> like we used to do on the streets. Anyway, the fact of the matter remains they are maybe changing their game to where they're going to try to concentrate more on a running game and have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and some of these other uh, Pacheco and people of, of this caliber Getting in there and playing their level of football. A lot of that depends on the offensive line, which is pretty good in my opinion. But it may demonstrate that that Joe is is one of the surprises uh, that they came up with, and the others keeping three quarterbacks. That is very surprising, and to my knowledge, it's three who are dressing out and being a part of the games on Sunday.
2: Yeah, they've uh, gone most of the most of the Patrick Mahomes era with just. Patrick, and a backup quarterback. I say it like we're friends. They've, gone, they've <laughs> gone through that era with just one backup quarterback. But even last season, towards the end of the year, they went with a third quarterback, which was uh, when they added that to the roster, I was a little surprised. I think maybe, Ned, to your point about the running back situation there is maybe – there's a couple of different things that are going on here. One is I don't think that the Chiefs are showing an, an, a lot of faith in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, whether it be talent-wise or whether it be health-wise. I think maybe they're trying to cut, kind of spread out those touches so he's not getting as many to try to keep him healthy throughout the season because his health has been a big question for the Chiefs.
1: You may very well be at, be correct on this. A lot of it depends on that, but I really feel like they're going to make a difference. It's a change in offensive philosophy that Andy Reid is practicing here, at least in my opinion. But the injury factor also has to be considered because when, you, when you're playing 17 games in the NFL, your rate of attrition is not just a key, it is the key to what's going to happen.
2: Oh, yeah. You're listening to Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds, John Oliver, and Josh Roberts. We're talking about the Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. That game is coming up right here on 104.7 The Cave, about 325 this afternoon is kickoff time. Let's uh, get John's opinion because uh, they've got a very good receiving core. Uh, But I think there are a bunch of guys out there that have to prove themselves or at least feel like they've got to prove themselves. You read my mind on that. So,
3: you know, there's there's a song called The Kids Are All Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm hoping is going to be the case this year for, for the Chiefs. They've got a lot of young talent, and it's a good problem to have. You know, you mentioned Hilaire. Keeping Jones, I think, is dual. It creates a little bit of a competition to try to push Hilaire. I think that's part of it. They kept Isaac Pacheco, who I'm excited to see how he does during this year. And then... You know, Jones is a guy that is valuable to another contender that may have a running back depth problem later. You know, a Baltimore, if they get banged up again or someplace like that, he's somebody that can easily be dealt and create that opening if Hilaire does start fast. Sky Moore is one to watch on kick returns. He, it's funny how the changing of the guards kind of happening with that because now Nicole Hardeman is going to be a big part of this offense this year, we assume, but... Sky Moore is now that guy that may work himself from special teams into getting some some catches and a lot more targets.
2: You're a big McCole Hardman fan. Do I you know. think this is going to be his season, a turning point for him?
3: This is make or break. Yeah. There's there's no question about it. He has got to step up this year and anything less than an 800-yard receiving season is not acceptable at that point. You know, just like the Chiefs kind of cut bait with Byron Pringle last year. If Hardman does not step up, he's going to be gone. And then on the other side of the ball, the defense, you've got McDuffie starting. You have Karloftis starting. You have Nick Bolton and Juan Thornhill. Time's up for Thornhill, too. This needs to be the year where he steps up. Bolton had a phenomenal season last year. I don't have many concerns about him. The question is what will be the response to Karloftis and McDuffie when they're in actual game situations? Do they have the maturity level to step up and be those starters? Or are they going to slide a little bit until they get their feet wet in the NFL?
2: Chiefs have a very underrated, very young, very good linebacking core, Willie Mm -hmm. Gay, Bolton, and Chanel that you were talking about. They don't get a lot of a lot of press, but you, you hit it right on the head when you said Bolton had a good year. Had two guys last year had extremely good rookie seasons, Nick Bolton and, of course, the other one's Creed Humphrey. Yes. <laughs> Josh, turning to you, what do you think the key point for the Chiefs and their roster moves and what they're trying to say as they go into this season?
4: Well, I think to what Ned was saying, I think they're wanting to set up the pass by running the ball more. And I think that's important. I think that's something that's been lacking in their offense the last couple of years. The the run threat has not been there. And I feel like they do want to establish that. And that's probably why they kept Ron Jones, because otherwise he's not worth it, in my opinion. So that's going to be a key. If they can establish some run, get those eight in the box or seven in the box or whatever it takes, then that opens up all of those receivers that you're talking about to make those big plays that you want them to make. Uh my biggest concern is always gonna be the defense because I love good defense and they've got a lot of talent on paper, but these guys just haven't shown the they've got potential. It hasn't been realized for me yet. And so that's what I wanna see. I wanna see Karloftis I mean, nobody's gonna get seven sacks in a single game like Vaughn Miller
0: did for Buffalo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I wanna see these guys getting to the quarterback, you know, creating pressure, making the the opposing teams make bad decisions because then that's going to make the D-backs look even better if they can get some interceptions or or things like that. I mean, the the time for the linebacking
2: core and the and the defensive line to really push. That's what they need to be doing. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ball, Ned, talking about the Arizona Cardinals and kind of going to what John said, this is sort of a make or break year for Kyler Murray. He came out with an extremely good rookie season. They played their way into the playoffs. Then last year, they could not buy a win in the second half of the season. What have they got to prove this year? It wasn't
1: his fault. They had a lot of injury problems, and that really was the case. They have, Joe, just to be contrary here, a lot of confidence in Murray. They signed him to a huge, my goodness, a massive (laughs) lucrative contract. And they have hopes, and it's not a matter of him being cut from the team or dismissed, they can't afford to do that. But over and above that, uh, Murray has proven himself to be a very good quarterback. He was at Oklahoma. He's going to be with the Cardinals and already has. that The start that they got off to last year was indicative of what he could do. The second half of the season, I think, is, is an anomaly because of all the injuries. And this year, to start out the year, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins in there for the first six games. And he is their, he's their primary receiver. So I think you have to give them... Uh, something of the benefit of the doubt, but uh, don't sell this kid short. He is a really good player, and I'll be a little bit surprised if the Chiefs are able to put a whole lot of pressure on him, and if they do, he can make you pay for that. Oh. It's the NFL, Dad. Nobody gets the benefit of a doubt the
2: NFL. What you did for me, what you're doing for me today is all that really, really matters. As
1: long as the paycheck is there. That's yeah, the that's right.
2: What do you think about the Arizona Cardinals, John?
3: I think they're I think they get overlooked honestly because of their finish less than the second half last year. I mean, this is still a very talented ball club. They aren't defensive juggernauts by any means. I mean, if JJ Watts able to play, that's a boost. I mean, a lot of people look at guys like him and you know, you mentioned Von Miller and they're like, Oh, this guy's old and over the hill. Well, Not everybody ages the same. Ask Aaron Donald and then talk about Von Miller on, you know, Monday night or on Thursday night, I should say. It's it's one of those things where I think they're being overlooked. And I think Kyler Murray is the type of player that will have a chip on his shoulder and really, really want to kind of prove the doubters wrong.
2: They also play in a very tough conference. Yes, the 49ers do. are in that conference. The Rams are in that conference. Do you think that Kyler Murray maybe is overlooked because of the talent that uh, sits in the same conference with him, Josh? I definitely think so.
4: Yeah. I mean, when you look at, and then Seattle is the other team in that conference, yeah. right? Which mm-hmm. until Russell Wilson left, Kyler Murray's the fourth quarterback you mentioned in, in, in that whole scenario. So, yeah, I think they do get overlooked, and I think that may be a good motivational tool for him because they are thinking of the Cardinals as being the third or fourth best team in that conference. So he's he's going to do his best to try to prove that he is a top-tier quarterback, and he has every potential to be a top-tier quarterback. So it makes it to where, like I said,
2: the, this could be a really close game. You never know. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about baseball races as we get you set for the pregame show. It starts in 43 minutes right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
2: Just about halftime in the AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals. Getting beat by the Pittsburgh Steelers, 17-6, Washington, up over Jacksonville. 14-3, Neds, Eagles.
1: Ickles. Depends on where you're from. If you're from Winning. Philadelphia, it's the Eagles. It's I-G-G-L-E-S. <laughs> winning today. <laughs> flying high man. Good football. It's a great
2: day for football. A lot of rain around the country. saw so Chicago is getting a ton of rain, and the uh, players out warming up on the field in the rain. I think one of our uh, Leslie, who's on the air with us sometimes, I saw a picture that she's up
1: at Soldier Field taking in the game. Very so good. pretty Very exciting. Some place where they aren't taking in the game from this standpoint, but from a monetary standpoint, is Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, I'm telling you these, these guys here, the under the terms of the contract, and it was a foregone conclusion that Scott Ross is going to be hire, uh, fired, I should say, as Nebraska's coach, he blew it in that opening game in Dublin, Ireland, where they lost to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Did beat uh, North Dakota, I think it was, last week, but then they come back and lost again. One and two in the year. <laughs> the buyout clause in his contract uh, el- or it didn't elapse, but it came down markedly on October first. The thinking was they're going to fire him in. No, wrong. Oh, fired him just now. <laughs> He's gone, so they have to pay the the full buyout to him. But I'm sure they can justify that with the amount of money they pulled in at Nebraska. Not not a surprise at all. Mm-hmm. Did not he have
2: definitely. to find his own way back home? <laughs>
1: Probably not with the amount that they're going to pay him. <laughs> Just like Ed Orgeron when they dismissed him at LSU mm-hmm. and gave him his seventeen million dollar buyout and he says, Which door do I leave through here, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Wouldn't you like to be fired and somebody hands you a seventeen million dollar oh, check? Yes, I'd yes. <laughs> that would be great. It would be. That would be great. We uh, have been talking football because today's the Chiefs' season opener. They take on the Arizona Cardinals. It's happening right here on 104.7 The Cave and out in Arizona. So you can listen to it here if you can't go to Glendale. So we'll be out here talking uh, up until 2 o'clock. That's the start of the Chiefs pregame show with Danon Hughes, Mitch Holtis, Art Haynes, Dan Israel. So you get to listen to us chat for a little bit. Let's. Talk about college football for just a minute before we turn it over to talking about baseball. Yesterday's surprising day. Were you surprised at all about the Alabama game?
1: N- yes and no. First of all, don't sell Alabama short. They had a very mediocre football game, and they still won. Uh-huh. That tells you a little bit about that. Number two, Texas is building up and getting ready to go yes. into the <laughs> SEC, and they're not very far away if, in fact, they are yeah. far away at all. They may be right there. Texas really played the better team. But this is Alabama, and they won. That's the key right there. They won. They knew what to do in the clutch and got through it. Don't Hey, don't say, boy, Alabama's really come down. No, they haven't at all. Texas has come up is what it is. Uh, Bama is going to be very good. Texas is going to be very good. The ones that did surprise me were the teams that lost to Sunbelt Conference te- uh, uh, ball clubs. Sunbelt is Division IA. They're FBS and many of them, Arkansas State, for instance, have played in bowl games, not big ones, but bowl games nonetheless. So they, they go to Ohio State and get run out of the ballpark. But Marshall, a new one in the Sun Belt, goes to South Bend and knocks off Notre Dame. And Appalachian State, and I'm, I think they are now Sun Belt, I, I know they're D1. Mm-hmm. This is not the same level of Appalachian State that knocked off Michigan back <laughs> about two decades ago, whenever that was. This is a D1 team. But going to College Station and beating Texas A&M down there—that is a surprise, very big surprise to me. Anyway, those games, yeah, the surprising factor there: Washington State, which is an also ran in the Pac-12, goes to Wisconsin and beats them. Oh, <laughs> wow! My gosh Almighty, yeah. that hey, that shouldn't be. Beat them seventeen fourteen, I think it was. Yeah. There were uh, there were other surprises but those in particular I found to be very very much of uh, an eye opener.
2: Do you think Alabama hangs on to the number 1 spot?
1: They have in the uh, in, they already have in the college coaches poll which comes out on Sunday. The big one, the the kind of the Rosetta Stone for Bowls or not Bowls but college ratings is the Associated Press and that comes out about midday tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I will be a little bit surprised if Bama's there. I think Georgia will be, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, one and two. Doesn't make any difference until late in the season.
2: And we had a
1: big victory. On Thursday night, too, yes. Missouri State Bears football team. It was it was not an easy victory. No. Here comes Tennessee Martin into town, and Tennessee Martin folks is is pretty fair football team. Uh, Dresser win their quarterback, who was the same QB as last year, upset the Bears here. Uh-huh. He had his way passing against the Bears. They're going to have to do some work in the D backfield. But the one thing the Bears did have was Jason Shelley at quarterback. Uh-huh. He makes the team go. He is so elusive back there. He also went to his running game and had the the transfer from uh, Kansas State, who ran for one yard in the first game, ran for 124 in this game. <laughs> nice. Therein lies a difference. Bears were able to win 35-30 uh, to 30 over a good Tennessee Martin team. Now this week, Fayetteville. Uh-huh. Now, I, you know, hoping for a win, of course not. That's not going to happen. They're a... Look what they did to South Carolina yesterday. Arkansas has a very fine football team. But to expect the Bears to go down there and win, that's unrealistic. To go down there and play well, that is not beyond the level of realism, and I think they will.
2: What do you think, John? Were there any surprises to you over the first couple of weeks of the college football season?
3: Well, the ones Ned mentioned, I mean, those are huge. Huge upsets, every one of them. So it tells me that, you know, as is the wave with sports every now and then, it, it, parody is the name of the game this year in NCAA football. It's, you know, I, I'm i very encouraged by the Bears start. I agree with, with Ned that it's going to be a tough task, but if they play well, I think that's something they can build off of for the rest of the year. Ned, I don't know if you feel the same way watching the Bears this year there is an air of confidence that I have never seen with that team. And I think Jason Shelley's a big part
1: of that. He is obviously the reason why he's come in with the leadership. You you see him on the bench and watch his demeanor down there with the other players. They're looking to him as the leader out on the field. He's already proven it. Mm-hmm. Heck, he quarterbacked to Utah, for instance, and then Utah State. I think he uh, quarterbacked in Juco as well. Hey, the guy's been around. He knows what the game is. He is a veteran, he can get the job done, has the right right mindset to lead the team. That's what you have to have in the field. You can have a guy with immense talent, mm-hmm. but if he's not a leader, it doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm.
2: What about you, Josh? Of course you are a resident Bama fan. Did you uh, <laughs> was there any hand wringing yesterday during oh, the game, sweating profusely? I was cussing. Oh, I was beyond <laughs> that doesn't sound
4: like you. I was cussing up a storm. <laughs> Alabama had more penalties in that game than any other game in the Nick Saban era. Just to, just take take that into account for a second. They played horrible. But they did still eke out a win, which as Ned was I agree with Ned, they didn't deserve to win. Texas was the better team. Texas just didn't capitalize on all the mistakes that Alabama made. Uh, but I will say this. There were a couple of other big upsets in college football this weekend. BYU beating Baylor is a big one. Yep. yep. BYU was 21 and Baylor was number nine. And then Kentucky beating Florida is big because Kentucky, no matter what anybody says, is a basketball school. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and their football program is off to a good start.
1: Uh, is that your your? It is. It's your phone ringing over there. It's, it's Coach Stoops is on the line. He wants to talk to you. Right? Yeah, you'd like yeah, to I'll yeah. let it
2: go to voicemail. <laughs> he would like to have a few words with you right now about that. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I, one, one thing I, I I saw a little story yesterday that came across about Nick Saban going after his players for uh, doing some taunting and jeering during the game.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't. As much as Alabama wins, that is part of his coaching of these players they're not arrogant they're not like the florida states and the miamis of the 80s when we were growing up mm-hmm. they play the game they win they move on and so i i'm sure he did get on them for taunting and jeering because it's not that's not part of the way that he coaches
1: players there was one incident that stood out in my mind there there were several of course the, the d-back committing back-to-back interference calls and so forth that, yeah they'd cost him a score but one of the Texas players gets tackled out out in the flat. He's he starts to get up, and here comes this big defensive lineman, pushes him back down again, yep. right in front of the official. Right, and the official kinds of did I just see this? <laughs> here comes the flag, and you get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that you do not see at Alabama, but we did yesterday.
4: Right. You also you don't. They had so many defensive offside penalties and unnecessary roughness that they just, they lost their composure and it took them a while to get it back. And I mean, they had 17 penalties in that game. Keep in mind,
1: this is a a relatively young Alabama team that he has. And here they are now playing in front of big crowds they are accustomed to that at home. Right. But here you had, when they see it at Memorial Stadium, hundred and five, hundred and six thousand. is yes, that what it crazy is? like that. And it was L-O-U-D down there. <laughs> it, was,
2: it was what? Yeah.
1: Oh, I hate it when you spell. <laughs> I do. Just, well, you're, you're, you're Glendale, I it, takes,
2: it,
4: takes, it takes me a minute. One more thing I'll, I'll say, Joe. I don't think Alabama
2: will be number one with the AP poll. I think they'll mm-hmm. drop to number two. Hmm interesting take on that. Just saw Patrick Mahomes walk on the field. He's wearing a tribute uh, jacket to Lynn Dawson. That is awesome. When we come back, we'll talk about baseball. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
2: We're not very far away from the beginning of the Chiefs pregame show. Actually, about 39 minutes away. It's less than that. It's about 19 minutes away. Can't do math. Went to Glendale. <laughs> you guys know that. It's all part of me just sitting here staring at numbers. <laughs> I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds, Josh Roberts, John Oliver. We're talking baseball now because we've got a couple of major home run chases going on and. Somebody moved closer to their goal yesterday, and that is
1: Albert Pujols. Mr. Pujols hit his uh, 696th home run to tie him with A-Rod, and that's four away from the 700 mark. This is is just simply incredible. Here's a guy who alleges to be 42 years old. Uh uh, Who knows? (laughs) And isn't the same, Albert Pujols, of course, as we saw. But he is so driven now, at least in my opinion, to continuing to play well wanting to be in the playoffs which they're going to be they're going to win their division and being a contributing member of it which he will be eh? the guy can still hit the long ball now yes he can. i think he breaks i think he breaks the mark here not bre. it's not a mark as such but achieved 700 homers that uh-huh. makes him the fourth player in history to hit that many home runs uh, and he will be, once he hits 700, he'll be 14 behind Babe Ruth, for heaven's sake. <laughs> so I think he does that here because they're playing some really weak sister teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Milwaukee Brewers after this series, and they're not. I don't think they're very good at all, frankly. No. Then you have, uh, I think, Cincinnati, and do have a couple of games in Los Angeles and San Diego. But still, the rest of your series, they have to go to... <laughs> They're in Pittsburgh now. Go back there again to end the season two weeks from now or three weeks, whenever it is. Uh, you have all of that. I'm going to tell you guys, uh, don't wish to be maudlin here, but what resonates today more than anything else is the 22nd anniversary of 911, yes. And baseball figured into that very much because it brings Jeez. back memories of a compromised but still articulate Jack Buck giving mm-hmm. his very oh. famous speech at home. Oh, gosh, that was... That of all the inspirational talks, that was really the maybe the crowning glory of his great career uh, to get out there and and make the impassioned speech that he did on a day of utter horror. Right. Well, anyway, that's beside the point. That's mm-hmm. what brings back my memories.
2: What do you think about Albert Pujols? Does he get to the 700 mark, John? I
3: think he does at this point, and this is something I was going to ask Ned so you can chime in here as well. I know, you know there's kind of a gentleman's agreement, and I don't know with the way the game has changed if it'll be the same way, but when players got close to marks in the 60s and 70s and even into the 80s, I'm guessing that most of the old school managers are going to tell their pitcher, look, we're out of this pennant race. Go ahead and groove two to him, and if he doesn't take it out, you can do whatever you want.
1: I wouldn't be at all surprised if that doesn't exist right now, mm-hmm. uh, especially by the teams of the Pirates and the yes. Reds and people <laughs> like that, the Cubs, who are already out of this yes. thing. Sure, I, I, I can see that happening. That doesn't mean you give him no, no, the no. circumstance, but right. you might make it a little bit more convenient. Sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, the guy's been an icon. He's mm-hmm. telling these guys I did a baseball game on uh, Friday night, my color guy was uh, Josh Kinney, uh-huh. who spent several years with Albert, had nothing but glowing praise for the guy, he said, hey, a good teammate, not overly demonstrative in terms of his personal, but that's the way he was. Not everybody is, but uh, never, never difficult to deal with or get along with, not a braggadocio type, just did what he was supposed to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's absolutely historic. I. I assume we're probably never going to see this again in our lifetimes, to be honest. And just... I'm disappointed in MLB, and I hate to put a little bit of his tarnish on it. There was nothing done in the first half of the season to honor Pujols other than his all-star appearance.
1: You know, that's a good point that you bring up, too. His farewell tour mm. in the well, Major Leagues, as far as I'm concerned, his farewell tour did not really generate the kind of farewell tour that you might have thought, like a celebration in every city. That did not happen. You're, you're right. It did not, and as much as I have personal issues with Manny Machado... I honest
3: to God think when he came out and said, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. This is a once in a lifetime player and we've done nothing. And the next day, I don't forget who they played. There was a ceremony. And then at Fenway, you know, they gave the four to Molina, the five to Albert. They honored him in Chicago. It's amazing how everything turned when Manny Machado, thank God,
1: spoke up and said, hey, guys. We're missing the mark. Maybe it was because it's very forward thinking, and you can take that in quote marks and underline it. Rob Manfred, you know what? I believe that guy may be right there. <laughs> <dear. laughs> Maybe it woke him up a little bit. Yes. What's a
2: bigger number? I'll ask all three of you guys this. What's a bigger number to Albert Pujol, 697 or 700?
1: Oh, In my opinion, 700. Although 697 is no small achievement.
2: Well, I think that puts him one ahead of Alex Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. And I think that he would like to stand clear of him. Yes. And I I think that if he gets to 697, he'll be happy.
1: Well, yes, I think he probably will. Ben, I don't think he'll come back either way. But if he gets to 700, Joe, that's one of only four players in baseball
2: history. He'll still be in that group, though. He will. No matter what, if he makes that if he makes seven hundred or not.
1: He is, but the number's different. The yeah. manifestation of the number itself is 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 really the key.
2: But I my argument with that is I think baseball statistically doesn't mean as much as it used to. Mm-hmm.
1: I will correct
3: you I, in one instance on that if I can interrupt. Sure. So I know what you're saying and I agree with you. That does put him in that club. However, I've got to bring up Fred McGriff. Four ninety three is a dirty word to anybody who was a Fred McGriff fan because those seven home runs
2: keeping him from are keeping him from
3: being in the Hall of Fame, and you know he was not a steroid user. No, so to me, I agree. We're kind of moving away from those even numbers, but there are still people that are such sticklers. But he's a Hall
2: of Famer, period. Oh, he is. He is. Albert Pujols going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm sure there'll be people people that will vote against him i'm sure the people no, there'll be will. people that because there was this <laughs> the chicago thing. rider will yeah. just a hint of <laughs> you know there was a, no matter what anybody says there's just there's a hint of steroid use allegations made against him right. though it you know my favorite story is it didn't affect if you played in boston apparently it doesn't right. affect you at all <laughs> that's correct so i mean you go in with uh, roses if you played in boston and were accused of uh using steroids so i i think just standing one clear of alex rodriguez will make him happy at this point in his mm-hmm. career and i think if you'd ask him that at the beginning of the season that he may have said that i mean i, I get mm-hmm. what you're saying now oh yeah. But I think because of all the I think because of all the steroids and things like that, the numbers don't mean as much as they used to. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in my opinion, and of course I'm older than you guys by a long shot, but when I look at the records, I look at the key numbers, mm-hmm. and that's seven hundred, and you can name the players who hit the yeah. seven hundred, mm-hmm. Bonds, Aaron, Ruth, and nobody else. Yeah. Until you see that new name in there. And that in and of it, so uh, he says. And and I take this with a grain of salt. But Pujols in his interview said, no, the numbers they're 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 fine, but they don't really mean anything to me." Come on, yes, <laughs> right. they do too. Come on, he's a stupid. <laughs> he wouldn't
2: game. be playing if it, Heavens, at this point no. in his life, if the numbers didn't mean something. He to you. knows the
3: significance. And Joe, I will end with one thing. I lost faith in the baseball writers who vote on the Hall of Fame when Derek Jeter didn't get a unanimous vote for the Hall of Fame. I mean, at some point, you've got to weed out some of these guys that have grudges that don't mean anything compared to the
1: numbers. That is correct. I agree.
2: And Aaron Judge is at 55, I believe, mm-hmm. right now. Did he and hit one yesterday? He did not hit one yesterday. Hit hit leadoff yesterday. Stanton was back in the lineup behind him, and uh, the Yankees woke up from their long slumber and got <laughs> seven consecutive singles in the first inning. <laughs> nice. Here's an interesting statistic. Uh, Aaron Judge is the first Yankee since Mickey Mantle in 1957 to have, th- have seven consecutive games with three or more hits. Wow. There will be people wow. that will vote for Otani, and mm-hmm. they, I, I will even argue there will be people that may vote him the MVP and he may win. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge is the MVP of the American League. He is. When I we come back, agree. we will talk about our picks for today's game.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. About three
2: minutes away from the start of the pregame show. So let us do our picks. We'll
1: start with Ned Reynolds. Ned, who do you got? And the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs win. i go with a score of 37 to, let's say 37 to 20, 37 to 29. We'll pick a hybrid number there. But I do think the Chiefs have far more offensive abilities than the Cardinals do. It's the defense that makes a difference. So
2: you think they're going to beat the over then?
1: going to go over today what was the over
2: 57 and a half uh, play play the over all right (laughs) john what about you what do you think
3: uh i'm gonna be similar but a little different i think the receivers are gonna shut up the critics today and i'm gonna go chiefs 34 and cardinals 28 josh roberts
4: i think it's gonna be 35 30 chiefs
2: Hmm? uh not much defense in this one a lot of good offense I'm going 32-17 Chiefs, and I think that they will win the game really easily. I think they're just going to have their way, and in the second half, they'll take their foot off the gas. All right, guys, it's a short week. We'll see you on Thursday. And we start at what time? Well
1: we start at five o'clock, Five I o'clock on Thursday. You're asking me? I'm the person that screws no, up numbers I'm, all the time. I wanted to do you to expound on it and tell the audience. Yeah,
2: five o'clock. Well you could have done that. You've got a mouth too. You know how to use I it. I love you, this show. You thanks, are thanks, Ned. Host. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> thanks, John. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you, Joe. <laughs>